At the beginning of Advent of this year, the Diocese of Tyler entered into the year of baptism and St. John the Baptist. In today's episode, we sit down with His Excellency Bishop Joseph Strickland to discuss his hopes for our diocese over the next year and how we can respond better to our baptismal calling. And he shares with us the importance of baptism, that call to live our baptismal vows every day at every moment and gives us some inspiration on how St. John the Baptist can help us in um, this life of holiness. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. everyone. Happy Advent or Merry Christmas, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, but today is a very special episode. We are joined by His Excellency, Bishop Joseph Strickland. Welcome, Bishop. Thank you, Deanna. <laughs> Always a pleasure to have you here. Yes. Thank you, Mickey. We were talking before, we've got two sleep-deprived moms and a bishop, so it's going to be a great episode. <laughs> Awesome. So at the beginning of Advent, uh, we began in the Diocese of Tyler, the year of baptism and St. John the Baptist. Um, So we thought we would spend some time with Bishop Strickland and break that open. Um, Like what are his hopes for the year? Um, Some reflections on St. John the Baptist and how he can help us to grow in holiness this year and some of the things that we've got planned here in the diocese. Uh, But where do we begin? I would just ask like, why declare a year? I know we kind of talked about this last year when we had the year of Mary and the Eucharist. Um, and so why the year and then what inspired you to take the course that you have in our diocese really for the next, this year and then the next six, five, six years? Yes, uh, spoiler alert, we're going to go through <laughs> all the same. I always yeah. ruin things. <laughs> we started with the Eucharist and Mary and this year, of course, baptism and John the Baptist. And we'll continue looking at each of the sacraments. Um, Baptism, of course, is the initial welcome into the body of Christ, washes away original sin, gives us the life of God. And really, we are all, from the Pope to the most recently baptized person, infant or adult, we're all called to, to live our baptism. And I think that's the main point. Certainly, living our Catholic faith, as, I, if I, as I've said recently in one of the many conversations I have, I think there's a tendency, really in all of us, I don't want to say, oh, those people, but there's a temptation that we all have that our faith is like an accessory. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, I love that accessory. Or some people say, I don't want that accessory. It's not an accessory. It's woven into everything. Mm -hmm. And that's a bit overwhelming, but it's beautiful as well. And so living this year of baptism is about living as those baptized Father, Son, and Spirit into the life of God with that chance to move away from sin over and over again, to live that always. And so having a year to focus on baptism hopefully reminds all of us that baptism wasn't just a ceremony for many of us as Catholics when we were an infant 
or for converts that came along later or other faith traditions that may be listening. Um, whenever you're baptized, it's the beginning, uh, certainly a beautiful moment, and it's appropriate to capture it with pictures and have a celebration. But recognize that it's only the beginning and really living as the baptized. That's what I always try to say to the, the young people when I'm celebrating confirmation, mm -hmm. that you are called to live as the baptized. And so to focus on that, we probably could use more than a year. Yeah. To really, mm -hmm. And we do. Yeah. I mean, all the sacraments are woven, woven into living as those baptized, those marked indelibly with the character of Jesus Christ, guiding us to the Father and the Spirit. So I could go on and on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll that's good. Ask another question. No, that's good. I like how you talk about like <laughs> weaving our baptism into our lives because I think especially as Catholics and as cradle Catholics, baptism is something that we did a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Most of us don't remember it. So what are the ways that you think that we can like weave that into daily life or weaving it into our prayer life so that it isn't something that was, it was a one-time thing, I did it and we moved on, but how can it become a part of my daily life? Well, and that's the, the challenge of, for each of us. And he's like, oh, he's a bishop, so he's a guy I don't figure <laughs> out. No, in, in many ways, uh, the better bishop I am, the more I realize mm. how far I've got to go. Because we're all called to sanctity. That's living the life of the baptized. And I think it, it comes down to, I mean, y'all are the sleep-deprived moms. <laughs> I'm a little sleep-deprived myself at this point in Advent, but that happens. A lot of dads and moms and people, if you think about it, living your baptism, sometimes you're going to be sleep-deprived. Yeah. And I think what probably y'all are a lot younger than I am, I don't remember, but for a while there it was, WWJD. Oh, what yeah. would Jesus yeah. do? Yeah, there were the bracelets yeah. and everything. And yeah. So y'all do remember. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. It's sort of faded from, mm -hmm. you know, the, the consciousness. Mm -hmm. But that's really the question we sh would always ask. Mm -hmm. And and I guess I would reframe it in this conversation as what would one of the baptized do? Mm -hmm. And just let that question repeat constantly. Mm-hmm. When the alarm goes off, one of the baptized would get up and not hit snooze 20 times. Mm. And I confess, <laughs> you know, sometimes it happens. I could tell wonderful stories about hitting the snooze button and kind of getting caught in that. Um, so literally in every waking moment, and that, you know, that gets a little overwhelming, mm -hmm. a lot overwhelming. To live that, people say, this man's crazy. But the joy of... Even when we can remember, mm -hmm. you know, say, okay, we got up, brushed our teeth, did all that stuff. We're going out the door and get into traffic. A lot of us get into traffic. And, you know, even in here in Tyler, Texas, there's more traffic than there used to be. Yeah. Um, when someone cuts you off or when something happens along your path to work or to wherever, taking the kids to school, and you, you know, you're you're tempted to say something that you shouldn't say or yell at someone. What would a baptized person do? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean oh, we'll be milk toast and let people run over you, but yeah. it means really intentionally saying, 
how do I respond to my day Mm -hmm. as one who is baptized in Christ? Maybe, you know, you, there's no one around, you don't see any police, and it's a pretty deserted road, and you're tempted to just run that red light because you're in a hurry. But what would the baptized do? And, and I think to just keep repeating that question, and, and like I said, it's not human to, to stay that tuned in all the time. But that's part of what an examination of conscience at the end of the day is. A good way to frame that examination of conscience, if we're really trying to get into that, which I encourage people to do, um, is to just ask, did I live as one joyfully baptized in Jesus Mm. Christ, Mm -hmm. Father, Son, and Spirit, into the life of God, into what Jesus Christ made possible through his life journey, his passion and death, and his resurrection? Did I really live that, or did I get caught into the what the world says is the way to live. I, mean, I think that's a great mm. way to just, with every moment, I mean, really, everything we do. I mean, mm. the fact that the three of us are here because that's what we schedule to do, to, to mm. meet your responsibilities, to be kind to the stranger and to the family member who's maybe strange, <laughs> but they're not a stranger. <laughs> On a given day, our yeah. family members, our community, and that's one thing I'm reminded of because we're all human. And, you know, even celebrating Mass, I, I can imagine people say, oh, well, the bishops or the priests is celebrating Mass and they're just all holiness. You know, you can get aggravated that the corporal is not exactly <laughs> where you'd like for it to be. <laughs> and you have to pull back from that and remember and be yeah. kind mm-hmm. and be appreciative of the other person because. Yeah. Anyone who has served Mass, and, you know, y'all have seen a lot of mm-hmm. Masses, every priest does it a little differently, mm-hmm. and every deacon does their role a little differently, every acolyte does that a little <laughs> differently. So there's plenty of room for aggravation. Yeah. And, you know, it happens sometimes. I mean, it, it's not with in the, you know, history of humanity yeah, a priest may have yelled at an altar server. Is that the right thing to do? No, but it happens. Yeah. Yeah. And the same things for, for you as moms. We never yell. Never. <laughs> nope. Okay. Okay. Right, no, I'm in the confessional line like every week. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, I love what you're saying, Bishop. And um, I think one of the things that makes it hard, and this is like growing up, I've always when I was younger, I thought the faith was just something that I did, Mm. you know, rules that I practiced. And it wasn't really until later that I really understood that baptism is like God, like you talked about the indelible mark. We are marked as gods. You know, Mm. he basically puts this stamp on our soul that you're my child. Mm -hmm. And so the rest of our lives is, is identifying with that name. So it's about our identity in Christ. And when we adopted two of our children, there's a day where we sit in court um, and the judge asks us, like, will you care for the child as if it was your natural born child? And, you know, we're like, yes. And at that moment, their name changed. And that had a deeper effect on my my true understanding of baptism. Mm -hmm. You know, that I am now um, just like my children are now marked as a SIBA, you know, and the expectation for their life is that they will 
know what we stand for, know who we are, what are the rules of our house, what are the goals that we have. Yeah, and yeah, and um, and so the same thing when we are baptized, it, it changes our identity. And so, uh, when it's almost like it gets overwhelming, like yeah, for it to be in the fabric of our everyday, well, yes, because it's who we are. Yeah. Um, we are yes. His adopted ones, and so any step towards knowing God and the rules of His house mm. and what that means, like you said, to to, to live as the baptized, um, the more we can see that as our identity and less of like checking off the, the things that our faith says are good, um, the more that it just becomes, in essence, who we yeah. are. Yeah. And I think it's so important for today and this year, 2022, we see so much evidence that, from my perspective that humanity, I think we can say that a huge, sadly, a huge part of humanity does not know God loves them. Mm -hmm. And to see our baptism, and, and both of mm -hmm. you have baptized more than one child, mm -hmm. I mean, in your family. Um, but to remember, and for all of us to take on, that that is a, a permanent, indelible mark on our lives from God. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it sacramentalizes his love for us. Yeah. We know that he loves every child conceived, um, but the sacrament tells us that. Mm -hmm. It's it's marking us permanently with God's love. We can reject it, but even when we reject it, he will not stop loving us. Mm -hmm. And I think there's so many issues that we could get into about you know the brokenness of our world and people yeah lives yeah. that get distorted and people saying, oh, I've got to change to this or that. Yeah. Yeah. If we really know that God loves us mm. and for those who aren't baptized, it's like, oh, well, that's just for those Christians who were baptized. We believe it's for everyone. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ died for all humanity. All, I think we've reached 8 billion on the planet. And to, to me, that's one of the, the core issues that we face as Christians, to yeah. believe it ourselves, to help others believe it, you are marked with God's love. And, and we're all, we've all been children of parents, and you are parents. And, I mean, what does a child want to do? They want to please mom and dad, the, mm -hmm. especially the younger ones. I mean, you know, the rebellion kicks in <laughs> and all of that. But mm -hmm. <laughs> the natural instinct is yeah. they want to please mom. They want to mm -hmm. please dad. And that's because they know your love for them. I mean, mm. God's love for us is something we can't fathom. Mm. But I think the beauty of baptism is hopefully to remind us, no matter what we do, God loves us. Mm. And for that reason, it's like, well, I can do anything I want. <laughs> no, because of that love. Yeah we're compelled to more and more mm -hmm. turn from sin, turn from anything that isn't of God, and to live as his children, to live as members of his family, members of his royal household. And so I think that one of the key issues that I would hope that all of us can focus on as we enter into this year of baptism is to just remind ourselves in all the lives we can touch mm -hmm. that we are all beloved of God. Mm. And... I mean, yeah, we aggravate each other and we don't feel very loved or loving at times, but to, to go deeper than the feelings mm -hmm. and to remember mm -hmm. our existence 
is about sharing in the love of God because he loves us profoundly. So. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. No, one of the things that I, I really appreciate that you're saying is, you know, living joyfully and this transformative power of baptism and really all of the sacraments, but in a particular way, baptism. And one of the things that's come up for me in prayer recently is, you know, living <laughs> joyfully as a disciple of Christ, because I think we can get so caught up in, you know, we're living in this time of darkness and this there's there's so much um, that is distorting truth and it's like well how do I respond to that and like how many apologetic books can I get and <laughs> can I articulate the faith well but I think sometimes we can take for granted just living the faith joyfully and like you were saying like how does a baptized person live what does it mean to live as a, as a disciple it doesn't mean that you have a theology degree it means that you know you're following the will of God daily um, and recognizing our identity our core identity as sons and daughters of God, which is, it's so easy to get lost yeah. in all of that. So the, yeah, there's, there's a lot to take to prayer yeah. <laughs> over this next year. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it can be overwhelming, but I'm also really excited. Mm. I'm really excited because, um, and that's something I want to pass on to my children, like who you are. I love you because you are God's and God loves you. And I try yeah. to, as a mom, to remind myself that my children need to know I love them for who they are. Mm and not what they're doing. Yes. Um, and so, but that is, That's that is in hard. multiple times yeah. a day practice. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And to, to not get into the temptation that, I mean, in our humanity, the beauty of God's love is we didn't earn it. Mm-hmm. We can't earn it. Exactly. And exactly. many times we get in our human relationships, you're trying to earn love and, and sometimes, you know, because we're all sinners, I mean, sometimes that is something that, that actually goes on. I mean, it shouldn't. Our, our love isn't as pure as God's love, not even close. But to remember that we're never going to earn it. We don't mm. have to mm. earn it. We couldn't, if we said we must earn this, we can't. Yeah. It's a free gift of love. And, and that's what I reflect on with the love incarnate that is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, just in my prayer and and uh, especially um, with adoration of the Blessed Sacrament to, to just keep going back to mm-hmm. Christ pouring himself out in love. Mm-hmm. Even when we're not loving back the, the love. And that's, that's what you do as, as moms. All of our love that is real love not just the feeling or the the sort of shades of love that the world can get caught up in, mm-hmm. but you as moms mm. and as spouses, but both, and it's different kinds of love, but you love in a godly way mm. when you love your children. And I think you need to embrace that, and we all need to, and, and acknowledge certainly that our love falls short. It's human, but it's a human expression because there is that spark of the divine in each of us. Mm-hmm. So we can know and we can live, and it, at least in my experience, it, it's sort of moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm sure you could. we could have a whole episode talking about you as moms loving your kids. I mean, in a moment just really, you know, maybe getting a little weepy. I mean, my <laughs> sisters get weepy pretty easily. Yeah. Some ladies do. Some yeah. do some I'm men, pregnant, so know. I cry all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but 
having those moments, and I'd encourage you to think about as mm. you think about God loving you, it helps to mm. to see you know how much you love mm. your children. You can't mm. express it yeah. really. Because it's of of love. It's yeah. of that divine God is love. I mean, yeah. to me it all just sort of <laughs> blends together. Yeah, but yeah. I think I would encourage you as moms and mm. all the moms and dads listening to think about that dynamic of love for your child. I've heard moms and dads express it. The moment they see that child at birth, it's like Everything wow. Turns. You know, and, yeah. and that can't Ne- ever go away yeah. even though you know and my mom used to tell us this I mean it, it, the wisdom of you know she was probably 70 years old and said you're always my little boy mm. and my sisters were always mm. her little girl and you all know that better mm. than I do what that means mm-hmm. and your kids are fairly young but they could be you know 70 years old and if you have to be 100 and something <laughs> you'll still be yeah. your child yeah and that's that's part of what makes it so difficult to to lose a child and yeah. and i think that mm. um the whole going back to baptism um you know there may be someone listening that for whatever reason their child wasn't able to be baptized or we've all probably known people mm-hmm. that weren't baptized and and died um, and certainly, we want to avoid that if, if possible. I mean, we've got to evangelize the world and share that we all need baptism. But in God's mercy and love, especially for those who in no way rejected baptism, I mean, the church teaches us that God's mercy and love reaches out to them mm-hmm. in ways that are beyond us. Yeah. And, and they're you know, a whole universe of ways that God is beyond us. But I think we need to remind ourselves that absolutely have your children baptized and Mm -hmm. encourage others to have their children Mm -hmm. baptized and to live that baptism. I mean, that's why the church says to a pastor when he's baptizing, a family comes and says, we want to baptize our child. Is there a well-founded hope that they'll live it. Mm-hmm. That is not just, oh, this is neat, and you get to dress the child in a white garment Come and have party. this great party. Yeah. It's not just a moment. It's yeah. a way of life. Yeah. And that's why the church in her wisdom says, is there a well-founded hope? I mean, none of us can guarantee. Right. Yeah. But is there a well-founded hope that this does isn't just a moment, but it's beginning yeah. a whole way of life for this yeah. child that's going to be supported by loving parents. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's one thing that we really hope to draw out over the next year. And Mickey has written a fantastic baptism <laughs> curriculum, so and we'll, we'll unpack that for the diocese as well. But one of the things I did want to make sure that we asked about is not only is it the year of baptism, but also of St. John the Baptist. And when I think of John the Baptist, I always have this image of Charlton Heston in the greatest story ever told where he's like super hairy and dunking soldiers <laughs> to baptize them and I, I don't know like John the Baptist comes across to me as kind of like this really gruff guy who eats bugs and is kind of <laughs> wild but like just reflecting on him because there's there's so much that he can um, he leads us to Christ and especially during the Advent season but in what ways do you see John the Baptist really helping us um, deepen our baptismal calling or our call as disciples um, what aspects of his life do you think can can be just particularly helpful over the next year? Yeah, I, I love John the Baptist <laughs> for many reasons, and I think that I'm glad you bring up to, to talk about him specifically because there's so much there 
Um, one of the most profound gifts of John the Baptist, I believe, is his humility. Mm. Of course, it echoes the humility of Christ, which is more profound than any human being's humility. But the humility of John the Baptist, and I, I really pray the, the phrase that I capture from John the Baptist that's there in Scripture. He points to Christ and mm. says, he must mm. increase and I must decrease. Mm -hmm. That's being baptized, really. I mean, I think that's it's a perfect... John the Baptizer or John the Baptist is a perfect name for him because of that. He mm. says, because in the world it gets really messed up with us. Like, he must increase, I must decrease, you know. Yeah. But that is what the Christian path is. And recognizing when he increases, mm. even if I decrease, I'm increasing. I mean, in the great mystery of the life that Christ shares with us. And, and I'm glad you mentioned the um, grasshoppers. Uh, <laughs> some people eat grasshoppers. You know, some people say, oh, that in the future, that's going to be what we it's eat. It's a great source of protein. Yeah. <laughs> but I just had an insight, and it just from my prayer, and, you know, if you say, ah, oh, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> but it occurred to me, and I mentioned it in a daily mass homily, that John the Baptist, eat, I mean, he's depicted in the gospel as eating grasshoppers and honey. And what that said to me in prayer was he's reminding us that nothing of this world really feeds us. Mm -hmm. And only to be fed in our Catholic faith by the body and blood of Christ himself, by the Eucharist. That's our real food. And I'd never thought of that. I mean, I've always kind of wondered, why grasshoppers and honey? I mean, camel's hair. I mean, we could talk about camel's hair later. But to me, that was just an interesting thought that, you know, it, it was weird food for people. I mean, they wouldn't have mentioned. I mean, what other disciple did they say what his <laughs> right. diet was? Right, right. <laughs> but John the Baptist, it was weird. Yeah. It's weird for us. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's a reminder that we're not fed by mm -hmm. anything. Even the most glorious banquet of this world's mm -hmm. food doesn't feed our heart. Mm -hmm. And to yeah. me, that's another great message that John the Baptist brings that I've heard from prayer. But I think he is Mr. Humility. He is, mm -hmm. to me, that... I mean, and he, as we pointed out, um, he was willing to die for mm -hmm. the truth, yep. specifically the truth of marriage mm -hmm. and how important that was even before it was established through the church as a sacrament. Mm -hmm. He's dying rather than go along with the, the leaders and the, yeah. the power of the world saying, oh, just kind of overlook this, this distortion of marriage. He said, no, this is wrong. I'm calling it out. And it, he lost his head for it. So, yeah. you know, it kind of reminds us, as Christ says, we've talked a lot about the joy and the blessings of baptism, but it's a commitment as well. Yeah. And Christ says, if you want to be my disciple, which is what baptism is, mm -hmm. not a moment, but living as a disciple, then you must take up your cross. Mm. And I think it's interesting, and at least as the translations that I've read, um, it's, it's said exactly that way. It's not you must take up a cross or the cross or my cross, but your cross. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a reminder 
that that's sort of the other side of sharing in I mean baptism and the the church fathers they often talk about it like a death I mean you're you you're plunged into the waters and you die to this world and you rise alive in the world of God and the world yeah. of faith and I think that you know that there's an edge to baptism that we need to remember um, that really is significant in our time as well because What's telegraphed to the world, and even within the church at times, is, well, we're all sinners, and you can just sort of stay in your sinfulness, but God's mercy will just wash over you. Yep. And that's missing the point. Yeah. I mean, like we said, God's love is there. Mm. Yeah. But to share in his mercy, we've got to be willing to change. Yep. Yeah. We've got to be willing to take up that cross, to be, to be changed in living as those baptized Father, Son, and Holy mm, yeah. Spirit into the life of God. And I, I think that that's important to remember. And, you know, John the Baptist, as we could say, is the first martyr, the first one who died for this new kingdom, this mm. new world. Mm -hmm. um, it's a reminder there's, there's always that edge of the cross in our baptism. Mm. Yeah. And if we try to eliminate that, we're, we're losing the power of God. God's love in our yep. lives. Yeah, no, I love that you mentioned that. You know, when we um, talk about like John the Baptist, like he says, I, I come to preach a, a baptism of repentance and that word repentance. And when we talk about that and what that means, like I know in our culture, it's hard because we've talked a lot about love and people are like, well, love is love. We should do what makes us happy and God would want us to be happy. And no, like, well, yes, he wants us to be happy, but the true happiness and true joy. Authentic, yeah. And that life requires picking up our cross. It requires a life of repentance. And if we understand that, then we realize that there are things in our lives that do not aid us in our relationship with God. And some destroy that relationship with God. So this callback of like a constant like repentance, like a self-denial, a picking up of that mm -hmm. cross, which is... Um, we're, we've never really arrived until we get to heaven. And so there's going to be this life of constant r repentance, um, picking up my cross, dying to myself. And so like as you're speaking, I'm getting more and more excited about calling on John the Baptist for help me to, to be a person who repents, who amends my life, who strives to boldly declare mm -hmm. um, the truth of who Jesus is and, and defend his teachings. Um, so you got me all fired up, Bishop. <laughs> it's going to be a good year. <laughs> well, I there's so many other ways that we could dive into a lot of these different topics, and hopefully we'll have you back on during the year of baptism. Um, but in the Diocese of Tyler, we have a lot of exciting things happening. Um, you'll hear more about the Eucharistic Congress that's happening in the diocese. Um, it'll be June 9th and 10th, if you want to go ahead and mark your calendars. Um, it'll feature keynote presentations by Bishop Flores of the Diocese of Brownsville, and um, Dr. John Bergsma. He's a professor professor of theology, I believe, at Franciscan University at Steubenville. Um, so a lot of wonderful things that are happening, uh, hopefully a lot of good resources that'll come forward um, to really just help people to respond um, to that baptismal calling, to live joyfully and fearlessly um, as disciples of Jesus. But thank you so much for your time, Bishop. Will you thank close you. us in prayer and give us your blessing, please? Sure. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, we ask your blessing for Deanna and Mickey and all the team at the St. Philip Institute. 
for all the faithful in the Diocese of Tyler and all who may be searching for light and hope in a, a challenging world, that all of us may be blessed during these Advent days, rejoicing in the love that God has for us and doing our best to live and share that love with others. We ask your blessing, Lord, in the intercession of all the saints, and especially the Queen of Saints, the Immaculate Virgin Mary. And we ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.